in Philippians 3, and then we're going to move on to number 2. Paul, the apostle, uh, who, who was an anti-Christian dude, super not into the whole like Christians loving Jesus thing to the fact that he even persecuted them and killed some of them and was like, get this, get this nonsense out of here, had an encounter with Jesus that rocked his life, all of a sudden changed his heart. Boom, I, I know I was a sinner that needs Jesus and he gave his life to, to devoted his life to helping people meet Jesus after he had that encounter with him. Uh, says this to the church in Philippi in chapter three of Philippians. He says, whatever gain I had, I counted as lost for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. What's he saying? He's saying, I've had it all. I've had power. I've had authority. I've had money. I've had status. I've had influence. I've had relationships. It all pales in comparison to knowing Jesus, to having a relationship with Jesus. So number one, we will be a culture. My prayer for you is that you will be a man. You will be a woman who pursues Jesus above all, first and foremost. Number two, we will be a culture who pursues becoming over finding. Here's what I mean. We're pretty obsessed. I was pretty obsessed for most of my high school career with finding my wife. Who is she? Where is she? When is she? Timing is everything, y'all. How is she? How many other questions can I ask? (laughs) The point is, I was obsessed with finding the one. Who is my wife? Where is she? I I just, I need to find her. Could that be her? Man, she's attractive. She kind of loves Jesus, right? I see her at youth group. I even saw a hand up in worship. Come on, somebody. Man, she, like, when the group got together and they were praying, like, she prayed out loud. Sign me up. Hey, that's her. I remember, no joke, we we were at a summer camp. This was now after the winter camp. This was, you know, so six months later after that moment where I met Holly and I I believed that I was going to marry her. I was still dead locked, dead set, obsessed. And I remember there being a moment where we had a pre-service prayer time at this camp where we were praying for the service and all the students were walking around. She was there. I was in high school now as a freshman. I was getting ready to come into freshman year. So I was officially a part of the high school group. And I wanted her to know homeboy's got prayers up in his soul. Come on. (laughs) So I strategically aligned my prayer path as we were walking around the campfire area every every few minutes just so she just so she could catch an ear just to know man she needs to know like I know Jesus. You know what I'm saying? So like I would just strategically walk. She'd be walking this way and then she'd like do a quick little turn cuz you know you know those moments nobody really knows where they're walking when they're doing the whole prayer thing. Everybody's just making the call in the moment. No one's like got a plan. Like everybody's like they're doing their thing then they they're praying like ah blah 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 and you're starting to see somebody coming your way so you're like I don't really want to have that moment of like awkward encounter. I'm going to turn this way and it feels all natural. But like I knew I could cap I could capture moments of just briskly walking by and just being so spiritual. I think it worked. We got married. So I'm just saying, <laughs> we're here. I was obsessed with finding her to the point that, honestly, it was probably way over obsessive. I was anxious. I was filled with anxiety and everything that she did or didn't do in that season, how she would respond or not dictated how I felt. I mean, if she, if she gave me the attention that I, I was hoping for, I felt like on top of the world. If she didn't respond to me, if she didn't see or hear me the way I was hoping she'd see or hear me, my heart sunk. 
I was like obsessed with finding the who. Here's what I believe God's calling us to be. God's calling us to be spending less time trying to find the right one and more time trying to become the right one. And this isn't a new thing. A lot of you might have heard that before. But this is, this is something that you cannot lose sight of. When, when you begin to be more concerned with where, who, is that, is that them, is that, could that be, and then you stop, you stop becoming who God's called you to be, things get backwards real fast. Your heart gets misplaced in, in, in its hope, in its formation, and what God has for you. And let me tell you something. There's, there's so much change and transition and development that's happening in your life right now. When it comes to high school especially, I have conversations with, with students all the time that are in relationships. And by the way, if you're in a relationship, this is, this is great. I'm not saying, what I'm about to say is not necessarily for you right here, right now. It could be, but again, this is not for you. This is for maybe the people that aren't in a relationship. You need to know this. This is a big deal. There's so much going on in here and in here in your own life. You're trying to figure out, who am I? What do I believe about life? Like stress, school, my, my family, parents, guardians, like friendships, homework assignments, pressure from, from sports, athletics, the music. I mean, per, per, perform and so much on your shoulders. I feel like more than ever. I mean, we might be, people in other generations might be like, yeah, 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 that's cute. But did you have to like go to war? Like when you were like 15? No, I didn't. I'm sorry. You're right. You were, had it worse than me. But I feel like when I look at this generation, you guys carry a different, but those people, let me tell you, some, some of my grandpas and, and great-grandpas, like, they were literally, like, farming. That's it. That's what they had right there in front of them. They had a cow getting that milk. That was it. They didn't have to go to school because they didn't, my grandpa didn't, he went to third grade and then he stopped. And then he farmed for the rest of his life until he got a, I'm not kidding, until he got a truck driving job. So I kind of feel like, Grandpa, I love you, but, like, you did not have, you did not have the weight of, like, keeping your grades up to make sure you can keep playing football. I'm telling you, Grandpa, that was a, it was a weight. There's a lot of weight that you carry. That's a lot in and of itself. Now think about that for a moment. Let me do this. On top of all that I'm trying to figure out about me, I'm trying to discover about God and figure out who I am. Let me take, let me take you and all of your chaos and all of your confusion and all of your complication and all of your hopes and happinesses and expectations, and then just say, you know what, just, just jump on. Like, let's just do this thing right here, right now, because I feel like if you, I can make you happy, you can make me happy, and we can kind of figure this thing out together. Here's what I'm saying. It's really hard. I'm not hating on relationships in high school, because I think that they can work, and I think that they can be healthy, and I see it happen. And there's been a lot of beautiful examples of people even in this group there were people in my youth group that, that, that had great examples. What I'm trying to say is that it's really hard and it's really rare. So don't expect a relationship to help fix the things that are broken in you that you're trying to answer and discover. Because it won't. And in fact, it'll probably do just the opposite in that it will expose more brokenness and more confusion and more things, and then you're carrying out another person's weight. So what I'm trying to say is even if you are in a relationship right now, you can be spending more time and energy on who you are becoming. Because as you spend that, more, that time and energy on who you're becoming, I'm telling you, the return on that time and energy invested will be greater than on the time and energy that you're going to spend going, is it her? Is it him? Is that, oh my God, he's looking at me. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to do it over here too. I'm not. I'm just, I gave them the eye lines. Andy Stanley has a great way. He, say, he says this, are you, ready? It's kind of confusing. He says this, are you who you're looking for is looking for? Did you catch it? Are you becoming who you're looking for is looking for? Got it now? Still, still not there, some of you? So you're still trying to find it. One more time, and then I'll move on. Are you becoming who you're looking for is looking for? Other way of saying it, your future wife one day, your future husband one day, they're looking for some man of God, woman of God. Are you becoming the man of God that they're looking for or the woman of God that they're looking for right now? The right kind of person in a relationship is full of the right kind of love. I'm going to read you real quick 1 Corinthians chapter 13. That'll be on the screen, I think. Yay or nay? Nice thumbs up. Gabe is a stud. I read this with our young adults on Thursday night. I want you to, I want you to, as you're, as you're going to read it, I'm going to read it out as you're reading it with me on the screen, just reading it with your own eyes and mind and heart. Here's what I want you to do. Paul writes, this is the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. It's like in every wedding ceremony known to man. Right? This is it. And it's on like every Pinterest board ever about love and romance relationships. It's on a bunch of, it's on a bunch of things. Anyway, here's the point. What I want you to read it though, because becoming the right person means that you're becoming the, a person of love. But what does that look like? Here's what it looks like. I want to take you to the screen and say, to some degree, as you're reading this, put your name, put your name in each one of these things and just do a quick self audit. How am I doing? How is Chase is patient and kind and does not envy or boast? Put your own word, your own name there for a second and just do a self audit. How are you becoming in these things that Paul's writing and saying, this is what love is all about. Chapter 13, starting with verse four, he says, love is patient. That didn't work. And kind, love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. Come on, somebody. Somebody in here needs to hear that. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but it rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. That's a great heart check for you. How am I growing? How am I becoming into that person? A couple other areas. What does becoming the right person look like? Are you ready? A couple quick questions to go. How am I doing in these areas as a man, as a woman? What does becoming the right person look like? Getting closer to Jesus in your life. I'm telling you, you want to be, a, be the person that you're looking for, is looking for? Are you, how's your relationship with Jesus? Is it hot or is it cold? Is it lukewarm? Is it existing at all? Is it, is it non-existent? Are you growing in integrity and character? Are you beginning to, to desire the things of truth rather than the things of, of the lies that the enemy speaks or the flesh of this world? Do you have a backbone spiritually? Do you know how to make those, those, those decisions even though culture or your friends or your family are kind of pushing you one way? Let me tell you, some of you in here know because I know the different homes that this, this room represents. Some of you got great Christian homes. Mom and dad love Jesus. Some of you don't. Some of you need to know you are the, the representative of Christ in your home. And honor, God says to honor your mom, your mom and dad, honor your father and mother, honor your guardians in a way that's honoring and respectful. But some of you know because that 
the, the, the parent that maybe you're in their household or both of them or guardian situation or does not love Jesus, that there are going to be things that, are, that they say are okay that you know as somebody who's learning to love and follow Jesus that aren't okay for you. And I'm telling you, you God's calling you to grow a backbone spiritually. What does that mean? God's calling you to not just waver every time. They're like, yeah, that's no big deal. We can watch that. Yeah, that's no big deal. Go hang out with those friends because they don't care. Some people that are in two homes need to hear this. In one home, when you go, you go to that, that house, there's a, there's a culture that's cultivated there that says, like, we love and honor God, and there's a way we live. And you abide by it to an extent. But then you go to the other parent's home, the other guardian's home, and they don't, and you, and you live it up. And you, you love that you kind of don't have to have any accountability, and you can kind of be free, and you can hang out with whoever you want to, however late you want to, doing whatever you want to do. I'm calling you to tonight. God is saying, no, stop living in both of those worlds. Two feet, one foot in each door. No, grow a backbone spiritually. You want to become the right person, a man of integrity and character, a woman of integrity and character, grow a backbone spiritually. Are you spending time with God? Are you getting in his word? Do you love him? Is your relationship with God just a Sunday morning routine or a Sunday night routine, or is it a part of your day-to-day life? None of what I just said, listen to me carefully, none of what I just said is supposed to elicit any kind of feelings of guilt or condemnation. And if you feel that, you need to know that's from the enemy. Because if you're sitting here going like, I don't, I don't do any of those things right now. That's from the enemy. But what the Holy Spirit wants to do is convict your heart and bring to light, like, hey, I've got more for you than where you're at. So don't walk in here and hear that and be like, I'm so far from where I need to be. No, hear the voice of truth saying God's calling you up to something and God's grace is sufficient, which means that tonight you can start fresh and walk in the things that he's calling you to become the man or the woman God's called you to be. We will be a culture who pursues becoming over finding. Number three, we will be a culture who pursues healthy friendships. F is for friends that do stuff again. That's a different song, but I like the friendships part. Anyone, anytime at all, down here in the deep blue sea. That's my favorite part. That's my favorite part. Anybody? I'm so glad that you all, some of you were there with me. That was part of my childhood, so. Pursue healthy friendships. The journey of us liking, loving, um, in my, my case, with Holly and I, there's a journey between us liking, uh, me loving, uh, to some extent obsessing, maybe too much in a way, to her disliking a lot, um, to a point of us having friendship again, and a friendship that was really established on, on friendship, platonic friendship, because I, I didn't like her at all after those years of liking her, and we really built a friendship. So sophomore, end of sophomore year, junior and senior year, my, my wife now and I were, she was a year older than me, but we, we pursued a great friendship. I mean, we were great friends, and I liked her best friend, Natalie, so I talked to her a lot about Natalie, but part of that was just developing a friendship, and we spent a lot of time together, and it was, it was awesome. What I did not realize years later was that the Lord was using that season to build something, a foundation for us that would be the foundation of our marriage and for the rest of our life. That, a foundation that, by the way, doesn't stop getting built because friendship is a foundation that you keep investing in because it doesn't just stop all of a sudden when you get married. And some of us need to be reminded of that as well. 
But friendship is huge. I'm telling you what, I see this happening all the time. It's a super underestimated thing in the high school world. There's this idea that like we can't, we, we gotta be something. Because if we're not something, we can't, we can't experience what we want to experience. And I'm telling you, I, I want to encourage you. Again, I'm about to get to the relationships part. So for all y'all that are hating all this because you're like, I'm in a relationship right now. Or I, I am pro-relationship in high school. I'm coming. Don't, don't chill for a second. Or chill for a second because I'm coming around. But I, I want you to know, friendship is super underrated. You can really pursue friendship with people in this room or out of this room, wherever those the, of the opposite sex, and it be something that like is beautiful and fulfilling and foundation laying. For, for whether or not you're going to be together beyond that does not matter, but I'm telling you, it's super underrated. Develop relationships with the opposite sex and friendships with the op- opposite sex, and we need to learn how to have more conversations with people of the opposite sex without being super weird and awkward about it. We, we got to learn to start hanging out in groups and, and living with the mentality. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say that right. I'll say that later. Um, you know, on the other end, on, so there's one end of the spectrum where people are just like, they're, it's all friend zone for life. And then there's the other end of the spectrum where there's literally not any time period from somebody being in a relationship to being in the next relationship. You know those people? Maybe you are one of those people. There's a spectrum, right? There's, I, I can't even fathom getting in a relationship right now. Commitment, commitment, fear. Like, I, I can't, hold on, shh, shh. I can't, I can't think about this, the idea of like, uh, or like, nope, I'm in this relationship. Oh, it ended. I'm in the next relationship. Oh, it ended. I got to find me another guy. Got to find me another girl. And everything in between. Friendship is one of those things that can help bridge the gap to help us make us healthier. Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Wesley talked about that, our heart, a couple weeks ago in our words as we went through our Check Your Heart series. The point about friendship, how you pursue friendship is really important. And we have a culture sometimes in church and in youth group that gets a little funky and weird when it comes to pursuing friendships with somebody of the opposite sex, and I'm going to speak to that here in a second. Final point. We will be a culture who pursues relationships in the light. Everybody say light. Light. Here's what I'm talking about. I'm going to paint two different pictures here. Here's what I've, I've discovered about church culture at times. Uh, when it comes to pursuing relationships, a lot of times what I see is like people come to youth group or people come to young adults, people come to church, and then they're single and they're like they're ready to mingle, they're hanging out, they see somebody and they start a relationship and then all of a sudden they just disappear. It's like they come to youth group and they're like part of it and then all of a sudden they're like getting this relationship with this guy, they get in a relationship with this girl and it's like they just are gone. MIA, nowhere to be seen, gone. And then all these different things come up, right? I got this going on, I got this going on, different things like that. And it kills me. Here's why. Because I, it's not that there's anything, there's not that there's anything necessarily going on wrong outside of that. But what I see is that for some reason, there's a culture that like doesn't like to create an environment where people can stay, stay a part of the community and pursue each other in a relationship without feeling something weird and awkward. Some of that's self brought on. Some of that students feeling like I, they know the relationship they're in is not what God wants for them. And they don't, they don't want to deal with anybody talking about it. So they go pursue something in the dark because they don't want to come to terms with the fact that they know the person that they're with is not the person they should be pursuing and the things that they're doing. So, so the, here's what they do. The enemy, the enemy uses that. The enemy makes you feel like, yeah, 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 you definitely shouldn't bring that person around. You definitely have been doing some stuff with them that you, you can't do in church, and if they find out, blah, blah, blah. So then you're like, yeah, you're right, enemy. 
And I'll just stay away from those places because I don't want to feel judged and I don't want to feel condemned. And rather than just being like, no, like live and pursue your relationships in the light. So you, you, you bounce. I see that happening in our, in our church culture at times. And I also see when people get in those relationships, sometimes they still come and be a part of what God's doing in the community, but they don't let anybody in. All of a sudden, it's just tunnel vision. I can't hear anybody. I can't see anybody. You don't get to speak into my relationship. You don't get to. It's just me and her. It's just me and him. And we got perfection. And we know what we want. And we're perfect for each other. And we're made for each other. And nobody else in the world matters. Here's what I'd say about all that. A marriage doesn't work like that. I need people in my heart and in my ear, in my ear and in my heart, calling me up, calling me to live in the light, calling me out, keeping me accountable. And somehow we think that like we can do stuff on our own. And I'm telling you, there's got to be something that changes in us that says we will be a culture who pursues relationships in the light. That says, you know what? I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this thing honoring God while still being in a place where like people can be a part of my life rather than just being on a one track lane to me and this girl or me and this guy to get married one day. And, and I see it happening. Some of the, some of the reason why it's happens to the person in the relationship, let me give you some, let me give you some like lean into your side for a second here. Cause sometimes this happens in church culture. All of a sudden homeboy A is over here talking to homegirl A. They're having a conversation and they're like, you know, people are starting to see them talking after youth group or like they know what's going on at school. And, then, and they make it this big deal. Like, oh my gosh, you see them talking to me? Oh my God. Oh my gosh, you see that he like liked their picture like that? Oh my God, you see he commented? Oh my God, you see they've been snapping each other all day? Oh my God, he's, oh my God. Blah, blah, blah. And that just all of a sudden the chatter starts happening. The gossip, the oh, 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 oh. And like, listen, some of you are different schools, it's on different scales, but like when we, when we come here, let me tell you something. When you come to LWI, look at, look at me and listen to me. The chatter shuts down at those doors. So when you walk in here, you can be a healthy man, a healthy woman. You can have healthy conversations with some of the opposite sex. You can even begin the pursuit of those people here. And you need to know this is going to be a place. We are going to call each other up that we're not going to chatter about it, gossip about it. What are they doing? Blah, blah, blah. Assuming the worst in somebody. Making them feel like, uh, uh, no, like, listen, I want LWY to be the most healthy, thriving place of relationships in Thurston County. I'm tired of people doing relationships in the dark. Because when you do relationships in the, in the dark, your heart dies, their heart dies, it all breaks apart and falls apart. And man, I'm telling you, I'm over it. I want to be a church. I want to be a youth group that we can do relationships in the light, that we can do pursuit in the light. Because if you, if you live in the light, you live. When you live in the dark, you die. And I'm telling you, it's time to start bringing that stuff under back to, to what God's calling us to be a healthy culture. And it's going to take guts. Some of you need to hear me. Some of you are so worried about what people think. You're so worried about what people say. And so you're like, I don't want to deal with any of it. So we're going to just do it. You know, we're not going to let anybody know we're pursuing each other. And I'm going to let any, man, and you're so concerned. I'm telling you, we are going to be a culture that changes that and says, no, church can be a place where we pursue, we can pursue in the light and it's not unhealthy. It can be healthy. And so I, if you're here and you're dating somebody, I love it. Praise God. If you're here and you're thinking about dating somebody, praise God. Man, let's, let's do it in the light. Let's invite people in, invite leaders that you trust into that situation. Hey, leader, life group leader, pastor, friend that I trust that's maybe a few years older than me that follows and loves Jesus. Hey, I want you to be speaking into my life with this relationship because I know me and I know my propensity to sin and I know my propensity to mess some things up. I need somebody to see me and walk with me through this journey. Invite them in, pursuing in the light.
for the rest of us in here, it's time to shut it down. The chatter, the gossip. I'm going to invite just Liv, because I'm going to wrap up right here. It's 8 o'clock, and parents are probably coming. Thanks, Liv. Because I just want to pray. Let me say this. If you're in a relationship right now or you're in some degree of pursuit, and this is a principle that goes for all the life in different areas too. If you feel like you have to hide it, you probably should not be in it. If where you're at right now, there's this sense of like, this is better if I hide, if I keep this away from people that I know love me, I don't want them to find this out. If you're, if, you're, if you're having to hide it, you probably shouldn't be in it. So where are you at? Where are you at there? Let's pursue relationships in the light. Some great example. I'm going to call out a great example of someone that you, a lot of you know or you've seen. Zane and Jordan. Zane's over here. I think Jordan's working right now. But Jordan's here a lot. You guys have been dating. How long have you been dating? Two years and a quarter, which means there's a, at least a year plus of that in high school, right? Because year and a half of it, more than that, almost two years probably, um, in high school. You guys are still dating. Way to go. Out of high school. Graduated last year, right? Um, but here's a cool example, something I got to witness of, of Zane and Jordan as I got, got here just two and a half years ago. So I kind of came in on the, the crest of you guys starting to date. <laughs> but I got you for a little bit as single. Um but man, and, and obviously, you're not perfect, right? I mean, you're pretty close, but just kidding. That mustache is close to perfect. Um, but they, when what I've been, what I've loved and admired about Zane and Jordan, and there are others that represent what they what they have represented, is that when they've come to this place, um, you know, what what I've watched them do is they continue to pursue Jesus as their first pursuit, and they continue to stay connected to community they continue to be a part of a body of people that like know them, see them, love them, calling them towards the gospel, towards the word of God, towards, towards Jesus. And I honestly really think God's, God's blessing you. God's blessing your guys' relationship. But, but there's lots of things that are still not perfect about it, and that's fine. But I love that rather than saying like, peace out on all y'all, peace out on my, uh, the people in my life that have spoken into me and have shared, because I don't want them to tell me I can't be in something. I'm just going to shut it all out. They've said, no, like, I'm going to submit to what God wants, and I want to open myself up to what God wants to do, and I'm going to pursue in the light, and I'm really proud of that, and I really I honor you guys in that. And there's other people that have represented that here. And if you haven't been a part of that, you need to hear something tonight. God's grace is enough to wash over all of us. This is not a, like, wow, Chase, thanks for all that. I'm feeling super dirty and down now. I mean, my life does not look like anything like you communicated. Good news. The God that we serve has got enough grace for you. And it's not depleted. And you haven't outsend it because you can't. You can't outsend God's love for you. And his fresh start is, again, for you right here and right now. So if you feel like there's any sense of, like, man, I have wasted some of this. I'm too far. I'm too in. I'm too deep. No. God's grace reaches in and pulls you out and helps you have a fresh start even tonight. Here's how I'm going to wrap up. Last thought. Will you, t- will you tell parents if they're out there? I'm, I'm, we're good. Okay, thanks, Jason. Last thought is this, love and relationships that are built on Jesus, that operate in God's timing, flourish. They flourish. Love and relationships that are built on Jesus, that operate in God's timing, 
flourish. We're gonna talk a little bit more about timing next week. But tonight, maybe some of you just need to come back to Jesus and resubmit your heart to him when it comes to this stuff. Because here's the truth. God sees you right now where you are. Every single one of you need to, need to hear this. God sees you. Like he saw me as a, as, a, as a lost romantic, hopeless romantic eighth grader that thought he saw his future wife. And actually did, but that's beside the point. God saw me. He saw the longings of my heart. Every human has got this, this desire to be seen, to be known, to be heard, to be loved. They, they long to be in a relationship. They long for connection. It's built in us. But that longing comes from the garden in the very beginning when God made man and woman, Adam and Eve, and said, I'm here for relationship. It starts with him first. It's up here, and then it comes into this place. And if we think we're going to be fulfilled with our relationships that are being across horizontally, we will be broken over and over and over and over and over until we understand that our greatest fulfillment and satisfaction comes from our relationship with the Father through Christ Jesus. You will be fully satisfied he will meet every single longing of your heart. He is your first love. So maybe tonight it's taking a step back and asking the Holy Spirit to speak to you and be like, maybe I've, I have put other people or other ideas of relationship in the place of the primary relationship that God has called me to have with him. So I'm gonna pray for you. And again, we're all in different places, but we all have something to take from tonight. Single, dating, wish we were. God has something to speak to you tonight about where you are so that in this next season, whether you're about to step into a new relationship or you're just about to get healthier in the relationship you're in or as a single person in this single season, you continue to thrive and be fully satisfied and fulfilled in the season that God's called you to be because that is a place that you can be fully satisfied in him. Let me pray for you. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Pursue Jesus above all. Pursue friendship. Pursue relationships in the light. And I think one of the ones that's going to be the biggest for the most in this group is pursuing, becoming over finding. Jesus, thank you for who you are. Thank you for tonight. Thank you for each one of these students and the fact that, God, you see right where they are in the longings of their heart. Lord, meet us here. Single, dating, wish that we were, wish that they were. God, I pray you would meet them right here and help us see tonight, ultimately, God, that we are fully satisfied in you and in you alone. And if that's you tonight, if you know you have put your hope in a relationship or the hope of a relationship and your heart has been has been given over to something that's not the Lord, and you know that tonight he wants to, he wants to put, put it, you want to put it back where you know it needs to be. I just want to pray for you specifically. If you know, like, Chase, I need to, I need to say yes tonight to be, my heart needs to be back in a place where I'm giving it to the Lord first and letting him be the one that's guiding me in this area. Some of you might be there. I want to pray for you specifically. So if that's you, will you just slip up a hand so I can know who I'm praying for? Is there anybody in here that say that that's me? I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you guys. Thank you for being bold. Anybody else? I see you. Thanks for being bold. Thanks for being courageous. All right, let me pray. God, thank you for those hands just saying, Lord, my heart has been in a different place, longing for a different thing to satisfy me. But Jesus, your grace is enough. You pour it out right here, right now, all over this room, all over these hearts. We receive it. Now, I pray that any lie that the enemy wants to speak to try to get somebody to think that this isn't real and that you, uh, you aren't enough would be broken in Jesus' name. You fully satisfy us. 
And Jesus, we want to pursue you above all. In your name we pray.